Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we have what, at least through the first half of 2021, is one of the most unusual stories in video games. If you haven't been following this, Sony, makers of the MLB The Show franchise, is releasing their game not just on Xbox proper, but also, most prominently, on Xbox Game Pass, Microsoft's most aggressive move to try to dominate the video game industry in 2021 and beyond. As they announced on their own newswire, MLB The Show 21 is coming to Xbox Game Pass on day one. There is no lag. There is no exclusivity, despite the fact that Sony has paid for and developed this video game. And this press release kind of gives you a little bit of the feel for some of the issues here, certainly that we will talk about as part of this video. We are delighted to announce that MLB The Show 21 is coming to Xbox Game Pass on day one and will be available on April 20th for Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One, as well as on Android phones and tablets via Xbox Cloud Gaming for Ultimate members. Both MLB The Show 21, Xbox One, and the XS editions will be included with Xbox Game Pass, so members will be able to play the best version of the game, regardless of which console they're on. Now, Sony, over on their end of the developmental woods, is having difficulty with delivering the best version of a game on their not-quite-Game-Pass-esque services. We just saw news items about how Borderlands 3 and Marvel's The Avengers video games are being delivered through the services that Sony provides in their PlayStation 4 iteration instead of their PlayStation 5 one. And Xbox continues to use smart delivery as another kind of leverage point to establish that at bare minimum, regardless of how you feel about the content itself, Microsoft and Xbox is the least frictional place to play. You don't have to worry about which version you've got. You don't have to worry about the menus and the weird ways in which you have to transfer saves in games like Marvel's The Avengers from PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5. You don't have to worry might well be the motto of Xbox. And with Game Pass, they're trying to make that even more emphasized. With cross-platform play in progress, you can play against others online and earn and use content across the platform and generation you choose. Cross-platform play in progress, sure, that's Xbox Series X back to Xbox One, but it also sounds like it's between Xbox Series X and PlayStation 4 slash PlayStation 5. Now, you won't see the words Sony or PlayStation or San Diego Studios or anything like that in this press release, which is another area that raises a yellow alert or a red flag for me when we look at this and say, wow, Sony must not have had any input in this kind of release. And that's a surprise. Now we get a little subtweeting from Xbox. As we said from the beginning, this is an incredible moment for all of us. And bringing the franchise to more players and baseball fans is something that we at MLB, MLB Players Inc., and Xbox are all excited about. None of the parties in that sentence made this video game. Sony is not mentioned despite actually making the game. We can't wait for Xbox fans to experience the fastest, deepest, and most intense moment-to-moment baseball action yet. With pinpoint pitching, brand new fielding mechanics, and gameplay styles, Xbox gamers are in for a treat when MLB The Show 21 launches on April 20th. Now, those last two sentences I read to you because I find it fascinating that Ultimately, what Microsoft has to do here is prop up how awesome this is for Game Pass, and it is. MLB The Show, if you haven't played it, or maybe if you're not even interested in American baseball, is one of the best sports franchise video games, in my opinion, out there in the video game industry. This is a big get for Xbox and has been a big seller 
for Sony, but it's still funny to see Microsoft, although just Xbox, MLB, and the MLB Players, Inc., touting how great this video game is that they had no hand in making whatsoever. Now, this isn't actually as unusual as announced in 2021 as you might be thinking. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into how this came to be. We're going to talk about where I think the leverage points are and how Sony, and more specifically, maybe Sony Council, kind of got waylaid by the massive increase in Game Pass and the licensing relationship that they have with Major League Baseball. Now, all of this was examined on a website called Inverse in a article entitled, Will More PlayStation Games Come to Xbox Game Pass? Analysts Weigh In on MLB Deal. And they talk a little bit about Game Pass. They talk a little bit about the show. But they do note that there is a significant difference between Game Pass and buying it for $70 from the PlayStation Network. As MLB The Show 21 will cost a whopping $70 on PlayStation 5, Xbox Game Pass presents a far cheaper alternative to experience the next-gen version of the baseball simulator. And this is 100% correct. It is one thing for MLB The Show to be available for the same $70 on Xbox, and sure, Sony wouldn't be getting its 30% cut. It would, in fact, be paying 30% effectively to Microsoft, and there'd be a whole bunch of different math that happened there. But it also wouldn't be establishing further the value of Game Pass, which is by far PlayStation's most existential threat to its business model. In fact, Microsoft has, for all the world, seemed like it doesn't care as much about selling boxes under your television as it does about establishing this recurring revenue source in Xbox Game Pass. Now, to be fair, we're going to see some analysis here. We're going to see some analysts talk about all the money being spent. Xbox Game Pass is still a while away from really establishing its baseline and making sure that it has $15 or more a month coming from its users. They've used a lot of promotional features. They've spent aggressively to provide content for this service in a way that likely isn't the long-run sustainability approach for what this Game Pass software offering is going to be. But still, this kind of aggression absolutely benefits you or I or any other Game Pass member that wants to play these games. Who it hurts is Sony that now has to say, well, sure, it's $70, but that just provides more value to what Game Pass looks like and decreases the audience that's going to purchase it on our system. It's an unexpected move from Sony, says Inverse, which has long kept its first party IP exclusive to its PlayStation consoles. In fact, most hardware manufacturers do that. You don't have a lot of Nintendo crossover of Mario onto the Xbox or the PlayStation. That's really the nature of the video game industry. But it's also, as I said earlier in this video, not unexpected, or at least not unexpected as of a couple of years ago. If we go back to December of 2019, we see a press release entitled MLB, MLBPA, Sony Interactive Entertainment, and San Diego Studio Announce Video Game Partnership Extensions. Major League Baseball, that's the MLB to you and I, the Major League Baseball Players Association, the MLBPA, Sony Interactive Entertainment, and San Diego Studio, the actual folks developing the video game, jointly announced today that they have entered into multi-year extensions to continue development and distribution of MLB The Show, the award-winning officially licensed video game. Now, if you haven't been in virtual legality a bunch before, it's worth noting what this means in terms of licensure, right? You're Sony. You own San Diego Studio. You say, San Diego Studio, go make a baseball game. San Diego Studio is going to go make a baseball game. But it would really benefit the sales of the game if they had things like the stadiums that are real out there in the world, the, the logos, the way the uniforms look, the player names. That's why the MLBPA is involved. 
And to get that dose of reality, the intellectual property of all those things is owned by these other two entities. So you enter into a development publishing licensing agreement with MLB and the MLBPA. These can take a number of different forms. We don't have transparency as to what those look like. But if you lose those licenses, you can no longer have the Detroit Tigers in your video game or Comerica Park. And again, I'm a Michigan lawyer, so these are the places that I know. It would instead become Detroit and the colors would have to be a little bit different and Detroit Stadium. You remember this from the old days in the NES where we had Blades of Steel and RBI Baseball and other things that were generic. And they work just fine, but the expectation now in 2021 is you're going to have that reality that you're going to sell copies of your game with that realistic simulation. But what was big in 2019 is that even though Sony was making this, paying the money to actually develop this video game, it was clear that Major League Baseball was demanding more from them than just releasing it to sell their own hardware. The next paragraph makes that clear. In addition, the historic expansion of the longstanding partnerships will bring MLB The Show for the first time ever to additional console platforms beyond PlayStation platforms as early as 2021. In fact, it turns out to be April 20th of 2021. So at or around December of 2019, what happened here behind the scenes is that the licenses that Sony had been using to make this video game had ended their term. They were up for renewal. However this might have looked in the actual documentation doesn't matter. Logistically, it was a point in time where these parties had to converse with each other. And Major League Baseball looked at what was going on, looked at the fact that there were no other baseball games that were really carrying cachet, looked at the size of the Xbox and maybe even the Nintendo markets and said, Sony, you make a fantastic game. Honestly, they make one of the best sports games on earth but we need it to get to more eyeballs. So what does this deal look like in order to make sure that this can be put on other console platforms? And Sony would have looked at their numbers and would have looked at what they were negotiating and said, hey, we still want to sell these things. This is a five, six, seven million seller for them really every year. And they would have negotiated the terms of the license. I can imagine that maybe MLB took a slight cut on what their royalty was, whatever it might have been to get this out the door. And Sony said, okay, we will release this on Nintendo and Xbox and those kinds of things. But what you don't see here is the push to have this on Game Pass. That's the real surprise. Because putting it on Xbox, putting it on Nintendo at the same price it's available on Sony, yeah, you don't sell as much hardware. You don't have that kind of walled garden feel. You don't quite get the same cuts and profitability by selling it on these other platforms. But If this asset is important to you and if the license is important to you, you enter into these negotiations and Major League Baseball clearly had leverage to force this point. What's a bigger surprise is that they apparently had leverage to take over the conversation and put it directly on Game Pass. According to PlayStation, back to the inverse article, the decision to bring MLB The Show 21 to more platforms and Game Pass came straight from MLB. As part of the goal for this year's game, MLB decided to bring the franchise to more players and baseball fans. In fact, we saw that in 2019. This decision provides a unique opportunity to further establish MLB The Show as the premier brand for baseball video games. In fact, that is the silver lining. If you're looking at this from the PlayStation perspective, you've got Microsoft out there touting how good your baseball game is, but at the same time, making the value proposition of your game on your system look all that much worse. 
Some of these analysts say a few things about why the MLB might do this, all of which I think are fairly obvious and well-considered. This is all about MLB finding a bigger audience, which took precedence over console manufacturer jousting. And that's probably not fair. MLB never had an interest in whether Sony makes money or Microsoft makes money or how video game industry fighting looks. They had an interest in maximizing the value of the royalty they were receiving for giving out the rights to their names and likenesses. So yeah, they never cared about this, but it probably cost them a little something unless they just absolutely threatened to walk away from the table and and stared Sony down. And that can happen, but it probably cost them a little something to have Sony putting this money in and making this video game now for its direct competitors. Continuing to quote from this article, from MLB's point of view, this makes commercial sense as it opens up the content to a lot more players, especially in the US, but also keeps the established studio working on the game. And yes, that's true, but there is a risk here, right? And it shouldn't be ignored. Sony, if they weren't expecting this Game Pass move, and it would surprise me if they were, is now looking at a product that will make them less direct money and will make their direct competitor look better. At some point, and I'm not saying it's at this mathematical point, but at some point, it doesn't make sense to develop the video game anymore. And Major League Baseball, like any organization really, doesn't always make the right decision. You can actually kill the golden goose if you're MLB because MLB the show is head and shoulders above a lot of the sports output out there. And you can try to broaden the audience, but if you actually get the developer, which is owned by Sony, in a place where it no longer makes financial sense to make this game over something else that has a higher return on investment for Sony, remember this is about opportunity cost, not strictly about profits, then you are running the risk that you're not going to have an MLB The Show, that you are going to have to rely on Electronic Arts or 2K or somebody else to make a baseball game, which might be as good in three years, or it might not be. And so you do have to partner with this company that has proven to be a worthwhile ally with you. But it does appear that MLB wasn't terribly convinced by that kind of thought process. If you go and you look at exactly what's happening, this is the Xbox website, For MLB The Show, they have all the great functionality saying all the nice things about the game. The publisher isn't Sony. It isn't SIE. It isn't San Diego Studios. The publisher is MLB, which creates this absolutely fascinating bit of contract contract questioning for me, right? I've gone over, for example, the Raw Fury contract at length here in this space. You can check out, I think I've got seven or eight episodes of that series, gonna be a 10 part series uh, when it's finished on this channel. But one of the things we noted was the differences in what the developer and the publisher relationship is, right? So San Diego Studios is the developer. Here, Major League Baseball appears to have the right under their licensing agreement with Sony to take over a publishing role, presumably without needing Sony's full consent to something like Game Pass. As we looked at this earlier contract, you could see developer grants to publisher an exclusive right during the term and throughout the territory to publish, produce, reproduce, perform, promote, advertise, export, import, rent, license, sublicense, translate, localize, manufacture, package, market, produce, merchandise, distribute, display, sell, lease, and otherwise exploit the game including any ancillary products on the platform. Now that's a defined term in this agreement. We go back up, we see platform is a bunch of stuff and we can agree to it in writing. But it would surprise me if Sony actually sat there and said, oh sure, Game Pass is fine. That would be a big surprise. Now, the Inverse article here isn't as surprised by all this. 
Now, they, they do have a few issues where I'm not sure whether they're quoting or editorializing. They've got a quote here that says, this deal exposes just how great of a deal Xbox Game Pass is for multi-platform titles as $15 a month is cheaper in the short term than $70. Well, it depends on how many months you subscribe for and how much time you'll get out of the video game, right? In turn, Xbox is starting to become the must-have platform for this Sony title. Super weird, right? I would have expected that to be quotes from an analyst, but that's kind of an aside. It is undoubtedly the case that this exposes a fault line between Xbox and Sony, and one that Sony would have been very carefully avoiding. When asked about the deal, an Xbox representative reiterated that we curate the library with the diversity of our 18 million members in mind, and that for day one titles, they look forward to bringing more new games to our members in the future, like Halo Infinite. I love that the go-to answer is always Halo Infinite. I have no idea when that is even coming out, if it's this year. For some titles, launching day one onto Game Pass is an increasingly risk-averse strategy. It secures a payment up front, offers an engaged audience of over 18 million subscribers that can still be monetized through in-game spending, and there is the flexibility of removing the title to boost premium sales at a later date if required. Yeah, absolutely. Games come off Game Pass all the time, and if you want to buy it, you'd have to buy a version of it that you can keep after it leaves the Game Pass service, and that might be part of of this discussion. This might be something that we see in three months is off of Game Pass and was a very short-term agreement and maybe Xbox paid a bundle to MLB. Understand that when they pay MLB in the license agreement with Sony, there would have been a split of some fees and royalties. Generally speaking, I can't make any guarantees because it does appear that Game Pass wasn't contemplated in the license agreement in 2019. That might be an oversight that Sony winds up correcting because I can't imagine a world in which Sony just allows its video games, especially MLB The Show, but we'll talk about other possibilities in just a second, to be on Game Pass day and date when Game Pass is a much better value for your money at this point in time. Harding Rawls points out that Game Pass's attractiveness to publishers relies on Microsoft's willingness to spend the money necessary to close these deals. He believes Microsoft paid a steep fee for MLB The Show 21 to sweeten the deal for MLB and Sony. And that might be the case, but Sony aren't idiots. I know a lot of people online have issues with Sony's direction and Sony's leadership right now. There is no question in my mind that they could easily make the calculus that day one releases of their own products on Game Pass are a net negative for Sony. They can agree to assuage MLB's fears by putting their game on the Xbox platform, but I can't imagine the fee that would have been paid to make sure that it is on Game Pass on day one. More likely to me, the license agreement between MLB and Sony had what amounts to total authority given to MLB to negotiate these other platform deals, that effectively the agreement reverses in respect of the other platforms. MLB can go get those deals and Sony gets a cut for having made the game rather than MLB getting a cut of the licensed royalties from actually appearing in the video game. So I suspect there's some complicated math and maneuvering here, but what's important is that in 2019, when this was all agreed to, Game Pass wasn't quite as big of a deal as it is. And certainly, as this article points out, Microsoft is still currently in the position of trying to incentivize people onto Game Pass with huge amounts of money. So if there was a huge amount of money here, and Sony agreed to it, I would think that they were in the wrong unless it was just an incredible amount of money. But that's part of this conversation. Or part of the conversation is that the contract didn't properly contemplate that releasing something on another platform doesn't or shouldn't mean a release on the service that acts as Netflix for video games. But Game Pass maybe wasn't big enough to worry about in 2019. 
Continuing with the Inverse article, from Microsoft's perspective, even paying a substantial sum to secure the game on release is worth it. Microsoft is not thinking about short-term profitability as it continues its aggressive content and subscriber acquisition paths for Game Pass. Competitively, the optics of this move are strong, absolutely, and it keeps the Game Pass momentum building. You do wonder if it sets expectations in a place that Microsoft can't continue to reach. I was going to buy Outriders on PlayStation. Boom, it moves over day one on Xbox. I'll play it there. I might or might not have purchased the show this year. I tend to alternate years, but now I'll play it on Game Pass over on Microsoft. Certainly, these are strong optical moves, but whether or not they make sense in the long run very much depends on what that behind-the-scenes payment structure looks like. And then finally, the question that was asked in the title to this article and I do recommend checking it out. There will, of course, be a link in the description because this stuff is fascinating. Is will more of these games come to PlayStation, come to Xbox Game Pass directly from PlayStation? And they say, well, this development is unlikely to have tangible ramifications on future Sony exclusives. I believe this was a unique case where a games license holder forced Sony's hands. And indeed, it does seem that way, Right. But of course, we know that there are no major Sony games that have this kind of third-party licensor issue, right? This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoyed this conversation about business and law of video games, we also talk about other forms of pop culture, like, for instance, Spider-Man and Disney and Marvel and all sorts of good things. Please consider supporting the channel. We've got a Patreon. We've got a Streamlabs. You can use PayPal on. We've got a store with shirts and mugs and things like that. If none of that appeals to you, just consider subscribing telling your friends that we're out here. Every little bit helps, and we love having these conversations with more and more folks. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.